Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, March 14th, 3-14. That is Pi Day. We are appropriately here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel for a BTB roundtable. You can watch us live on the aforementioned Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can always catch the rewatch at your own convenience. You can also listen to this show on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. We have an enormous amount of activity to get to, so we're going to fly through our introductions. My name is Arjo Ochoa, going in clockwise order if you are here uh, on the YouTube side of things, kind of like a pie, I suppose. Brandon, uh, Brandon Laurie, the only Brandon here tonight. You get to be Brandon for a change. What is your favorite type of pie, Brandon Laurie? Uh, apple pie, and we'll just leave it at that because I know it's been hashed out uh, many times. But yeah, apple pie all the way. Right. Also, American pie, where apple pie was made very famous. Um, Chris Halling, welcome aboard. You are wearing a Leighton Vander Esch jersey, appropriately so. Once again, we have a lot of news to get to. Were you planning on wearing that before the news dropped earlier today? I wasn't, but it got me so excited. I just had to wear it. Okay, that's uh, well done. Tony Catalina, you are wearing a Boston Red Sox cap. Um, one of the teams expected to be quite bad this season in Major League Baseball. So it's bold of you to support them. Maybe that's your, maybe there's just like a passing of the guard for you or, or passing two ships in the night. Cowboys getting good again. Red Sox fading into oblivion. Yeah, I just have a couple of teams that disappoint me. So I'm used to it. Would you trade that? If, if you could guarantee a Cowboys Super Bowl, would you take 150 losses for the Red Sox? For the rest of my life, yeah. <laughs> wow. Some <laughs> some Red Sox fan Tony Catalina is. Danny Phantom, I I know I've asked you this before. I believe you are a San Francisco Giants fan. Um, so good times for you, I suppose. Almost Carlos Correa, whatever. Uh, how are you doing, Danny, here on this wonderful Tuesday evening? I'm fantastic. You know, this is uh, – I love uh, this part of free agency. And uh, now uh, it's, you know, it's it's even better. So I'm, I'm in a good mood. David Hellman, um, I'm not going to tell everybody where you live because I don't want to dox you or anything like that. But uh, but it looks like you're hanging out um, in the fine offices of Dunder Mifflin, um, at least based on your virtual background. Or, or is that a coincidence? It's actually so like well done, the virtual background, that I can't tell if it's real or fake. Yeah, this is a, I just work at Dunder Mifflin. So I'm, I'm up here in Scranton, came into the office for the day. It's funny that you say that because the moment you started to move, the moment the like virtual background kind of started to become obvious. So, you can see uh, Stanley in the background. Uh, that's true. Uh, you, yeah, he's I, napping. Actually, don't don't be too loud. You can. Uh, if it were pretzel day, he would uh, enjoy it a lot more. LP Cruz, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, happy to have you along. You are a two-time defending roundtable champion. You're going for a hat trick, three in a row. Do you think you can pull it off? You are muted, so not a great start. Uh, just to be, you know, minus one, but oh for sure, oh for sure. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, Vance Williams has offered 10 points to everybody. He says, it's a celebration, people. Vance, we appreciate the love. Uh, I'm not going to write that down because if you're giving them to everybody, then I don't have to write them down. I don't have to separate. So we'll just assume everybody's starting off with 10. Jess Marie uh, says, it's a party. I am here in spirit. I believe this is Jess Navarre's, um, based on 
her words. Uh, but it doesn't say Jess Navarro. So, you know, excuse me. It could have been any other Jess. Uh, so, Jess, uh, thanks for hanging out with us here. Everybody will hear Jess recapping all of today's news on tomorrow's episode of Dallas Cowboys Daily on the podcast feed. Rick Ercolani says, happy pie day. Vance Williams offers up a super chat and says, since Jess isn't here, she is Jess Marie, as we just, uh, you know, went over. Uh, I got to say it in honor of her. Gilly, Gilly, thank you for the super chat, Vance. All right. Uh, Mob Rules says Tony was right in saying that Jerry would make off-season moves. Now, Tony, you've said a lot of things, so it's kind of easy to be right when you're saying everything. Uh, but that being said, you did say that, like a lot of people, and it happened. We have a lot to get to. We're not going to go quite in chronological order. The headlining event of today, the Dallas Cowboys sending a fifth-round compensatory pick pick number 176 overall that was actually the lower of their two fifth round compensatory picks to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for Stefan Gilmore Tony Catalina get us started how do you feel why do you feel that way and uh go for it I'm excited this is the move that you know like you said I say a lot of things but I think I've been pretty clear in, in the sense that I wanted them to be a little more aggressive it didn't have to be sell the farm and be over the top but this is the type of thing that I think that we've been clamoring from the do for a while a fifth round pick you feel good about the compensation you give up but it's a player that can step in instantly give you an upgrade over Anthony Brown um, now you got a, a situation where you got a, a savvy veteran who is 32 going to be 33 when the season starts but we only need him to be good this year i don't think anybody's thinking about 2024 right now let's just get stefan gilmore to be a high level quality cornerback post or next to trayvon Diggs for 2023 and i mean if you're sitting here in cowboys nation you got to be juiced up about it because this is exactly what we've been asking them to do david Halman, you wrote um i don't think it's out quite yet it might have just gone out uh about how stefan gilmore will impact and sort of be worked into the dallas cowboys defense does this scream dan quinn to you does this scream cowboys are being aggressive the the meme of playing a video game and kind of sitting up finally starting to take it seriously where's your head at uh i mean it, it's it's really dan quinn to me and i think stefan gilmore is really a perfect fit for what dan quinn likes to do he likes to use a lot of press man coverage they've been running man coverage at one of the highest rates in the nfl his last couple of years here and that's what stefan gilmore just thrives in he's great at going out there lining up in the past he's lined up against you know the other team's top receiver now playing with trayvon diggs and deron bland he might not necessarily have to do that but he's very good playing in that press man he's very good playing in exactly the kind of system that dan quinn does um and I, so i think it's just a really great fit it gives dan quinn exactly what he needs and most importantly, I think, is is the fact that he's kind of a one-year rental at this point. So you're not necessarily, you know, in a situation where you can't draft a corner and try to develop them. You can't, it's not like you can't still work on finding a long-term answer there, but he he fills this hole right now for the short term for 2023. And that's exactly what you were looking for. All right. So um, as I fight a coughing spell, um, not going to give points to myself, but pretty heroic effort on my part. <clears throat> we uh, We field tested a new feature here uh, on our platform that we use called StreamYard, where all these guys can offer up a visual answer. So this actually really impacts the podcast feed. We love you podcast listeners, but nevertheless, we forge on uh, the prompt. And all of you should remember how to do this since we talked about it like 10 minutes ago. Uh, describe the Stefan Gilmore trade in one word. Your answers on screen, please. Also, obviously, anybody who's with us here live, we would love to hear it. One word. Uh, I'm very anxious to hear what or see, I guess, what you guys have to say. Um, let's see. Before we get there, uh, I did want to throw up this comment from Brian. Uh, everybody follow Brian on TikTok at Top Cowboys. It says the moves they made at the end of last season sure did make it seem like the Cowboys realized there was a need. We have kind of seen them ever since really 
I would argue the Odell interest. The Cowboys start to sit up, take things a little bit more seriously. The Odell interest sort of signified that, the T.Y. Hilton move. Um, obviously, the continued interest in Odell Beckham Jr., but this Stephon Gilmore trade is along those lines. All right, let's get uh, everybody's one-word answers here. Uh, Brandon, you have gone with 2019. The Cowboys lost to Stephon Gilmore's New England Patriots in 2019 uh, in that monsoon. Why is 2019 your answer? Uh, it's very reminiscent of the Robert Quinn trade that they made in 2019. You know, it's a guy who's a veteran uh, presence along the defensive line. Um, of course, Stefan Gilmore being a cornerback, it addresses a need with veteran leadership for, you know, high reward, low cost. And at that time, the Cowboys didn't really have a great roster. And so they're making that trade, and it's almost like it really wasn't for anything. This time around, they have a great roster, and they're adding Stephon Gilmore to an even better team, where now if you look at the entire defense, it's like he's just a piece of the pie. And when you look at that pie, it is freshly baked. This has been baking for the past two seasons when Dan Quinn got here. Um, you know, So now you're going into, into year three, where now Stephon Gilmore is just icing on that pie or ice cream and on the apple pie. I like that answer. You mentioned the Robert Quinn trade. Michael Bennett, also um, a similar sort of deal that the Cowboys executed in the middle of that 2019 season. That didn't pan out the same way. The Cowboys still continue to reap off of the Robert Quinn trade uh, by way of compensatory picks, which is actually uh, not that pick, but what set this all up to begin with. So great answer from you, Brandon. Chris, you said splash. And by the way, everybody, Brandon followed instructions correctly by removing his answer when he was done. So everybody make sure you follow suit. Uh, so, Chris, you said splash. And Jess originally said Chris and I are on the same page with our word. Uh, but then she changed and said, I'm going to change my word to bejeweled. So your word is not bejeweled, Chris. You have gone with splash. Why? Um, I mean, it's just a big move. I mean, it's to me, it's a splash because the Cowboys, one of their weaknesses last year was that second cornerback. I mean, if we had a Stephon Gilmore as cornerback two last year, we easily could have been the NFC East champions and the whole playoffs could have gone completely different. And I just love it for so many reasons. A, his cap hit really isn't that crazy, isn't it? Around like $8 million, $9 million for uh, this upcoming season. They only gave up a compensatory fifth round pick. And I love it too. I know that his future in Dallas may not be very long, but it's good for our future in a sense that he's going to mentor Trayvon Diggs so well. Like like all those small things that we we really get on Trayvon about, those little errors that he makes in coverage. Like who's who's the better person to learn from than uh, Stephon Gilmore, one of the best cornerbacks of the past decade. So it's just an awesome move for the Cowboys. It shows up a hole, and really it makes cornerback not as pressing of a need in the draft, so you could really look at other options earlier and maybe go best player available at wide receiver or even you know be a little flashy and maybe go tight end or running back if you really want to spice it up a little bit. So I I love it for so many reasons, and I'm just so excited it happened. Um, I love your point about, um, I guess I call it the leadership. I loved when the Cowboys, for example, signed Gerald McCoy and Mike McCarthy's first offseason. It kind of felt like he could be, uh, at the time, I likened it to what Charles Woodson was for Mike McCarthy's Green Bay Packers. And Stephon Gilmore, he's won a defensive player of the year. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, to your point, Chris, he has that professionalism, that level of experience. And the clip of the Cowboys beating the Colts and the aftermath and the jersey swap was going around everywhere. It's very, very clear the Cowboys players really look up to Stephon Gilmore. So it is kind of cool to have this living legend be uh, a voice for them in the locker room. Uh, let's go to ULP. You went with Foresight. Um, the only one who went with the word that started with the letter F. Why Foresight? I never tuned in last week, huh? Um, but, <laughs> but not really. I think that like for all you guys so far have said, it's just the compensation, the player, the experience. 
it serves as a good uh, benefit to not just uh, Diggs, but also Michael Parsons. How often do you have a DPOI walk into your building to mentor these young guys? So someone who's been there before, who's won titles in the NFL, everything that he brings, but also at the same time, you have the protection of knowing that, hey, it's just a one-year rental. I'm not locked into this. I'm still flexible enough to add a player in the draft at the same spot. It's the foresight of this year and beyond it, albeit not in the way people would expect it conventionally, but still – you protect yourself with this one upcoming season. You can also get somebody in the draft. And again, just heaps and heaps of experience, skins on the wall, and a proven talent. So I'm with them, man. They, they, they looked ahead. Good call. Great call. In case, in case anybody jumped in late, we are describing the Cowboys trading for Stephon Gilmore in one word. We have heard 2019 from Brandon Laurie. Not really a word, by the way, Brandon. So a little bit of a cheat um, on your end. Yeah. Uh, Chris Holling, you went with Splash. Uh, LP Cruz, you went with Foresight. Before we get to what our other roundtablers said, I did want to go through some of the comments here. Uh, Jess, um, you know, backed off, but she did say Splash. Uh, Watsamata says Solid. I believe Blue 365, I think, encapsulates the fan base as finally. Uh, Burnt 1686 says Shocked. Craig Smith says polish. Uh, I kind of like that. Uh, Rick says LFG, kind of an acronym, not really words. Um, let's see. Brian also agreed with that. Charles, I kind of like this just as next. That's like, that's super business mode. Like just next up. Uh, Rick says stacked. Uh, Mob rules says knowledge. And uh, Ricky says Wagner. I don't know if that counts. Ethan says now. Um, so, you know, hey, it is uh, what it is. Okay. Danny Phantom. Uh, whoops. Let's get this off the screen. You went with savvy. Uh, is that short for Savannah, or are you actually going for Savvy? No, it, it it's it means what it is. It's I think that with a move like this, obviously you talked about what the Cowboys are giving up, which is nothing really in draft capital. And and Brandon is absolutely right as far it just it totally looks exactly like Robert Quinn. I mean, almost the money matches up too. Um, but to me, I think with with a player like that is you get a, a person who's has the veteran leadership. He's fundamentally sound. He, you know, he'll jam you at the line of scrimmage. You know, he's just one of those players that he knows where his first foot, first step should go. You know, and he just kind of, you know, he has great instincts and he, I mean, he'll run the routes for the receivers. You know, he, he, he brings that type of play to where you now have a Cowboys cornerback group that, you know, you don't have to shade two guys over to one side. Cause you got one guy who's going to take away a, t a lengthy player, which is what Gilmore will do. And then, so the Cowboys actually, they can do more things defensively. And, you know, I don't know what this says about the draft class necessarily because a lot of times the Cowboys, the moves they'll make, they'll they'll see the, the landscape and they'll react accordingly. But, you know, this is a, a, a reliable starter that the Cowboys got on the outside. And I just think it's a very smart. It's I don't think it's splashy. I don't think it's – I think it's very Jonesy. Ooh, I mean, this, 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 is, this is what they do. I mean, the risk is – I mean, one year, you're not – you're not risking a lot of money. The draft capital is not much. So it's just a very, you know, Cowboys front office thing to, thing to do. But it's a big name. So now fans are happy, too. So I think it's one of those that satisfies a lot of people. So I, I really I really like the move. Uh, David Hellman, you went with Baller. Um, interesting. Um, so you're I don't know. Are you describing the Cowboys? Are you describing the disposition? Are you describing Gilmore specifically? Like, where does that take us? I think the whole move, I mean, Gilmore himself, he, he is a baller. He has great ball skills. Um, and I just think the move to, to not only go out and get him, but also to, to trade for him and only give up a fifth round pick and a compensatory pick at that is, you know, it, it's highway robbery. It's just a baller move. And, you know, specifically with Gilmore, when we're talking about, you know, some of the other corners that might have potentially been available or just for comparison, 
Um, I have the stats pulled up here. He had a better completion rate, a better yards per target and yards per reception than uh, Darius Slay, Jair Alexander, and of course, Jalen Ramsey, who a few days ago, everyone was so upset that the Cowboys didn't trade for Jalen Ramsey. And now they get someone who last year was actually better in several key categories, is a whole lot cheaper, uh, and actually has a defensive player of the year award under his belt, which to Brandon's point, 2019, that was also the year he won that award. So it's it's mm. it's a pretty baller move bringing him in. Um, well said. Um, okay, great job uh, by you, Hellman. Tony, I went with you last, um, not for any reason other than you were the only person who did not capitalize the first word or first letter of your word. So it, it felt like you believed in it the least. Uh, but you went with the word promising, and why is that? Well, I mean, I actually believe in it wholeheartedly, to be honest with you. Um, the, these are the type of moves that um, we had, we talk about it. Um, I think Danny would agree. Like, they, they address needs, and then they go ahead and they give themselves a chance to draft the best player available in these drafts. So they, they plug holes, and they, and they kind of fix that on the fly. The difference is this has a different feel to it, a different kind of upper echelon to it. So it's kind of like an elevated way of addressing needs. This is uh, them being smart with the way they took, um, you know, using a fifth-round pick and getting a starter for that plug-and-play, somebody that upgrades the position and, and, you know, beats out Anthony Brown in a spot where you probably don't need to bring him back. It doesn't really add any value to this point. Um with that being said, the whole move is promising because it shows they're not really deviating or going too far off of their original plan or how they stick to the script, so to speak. But they understand the value of getting little, you know, better players or getting some higher quality player in there. And, uh, you know, Stefan Gilmore for one year rental, you could do a lot worse than that. So it's pretty exciting. It's pretty promising for Cowboys Nation. Um, I really like that, Tony. I think it's promising in in an overall sense. That's a really like wide word because it encapsulates, I think, what we all wanted to see. Like we talked about this, it's like do something, show a pulse, give us some sign of life, give us some indication that you're taking this seriously. This is that. Danny, I agree with you. This could be uh, a, a kind of, you know, LP's word, a bit of foresight saying, you know what, we don't necessarily foresee ourselves walking away with some corners that we like in the draft. For what it's worth, they walked away with some corners they liked in the draft two years ago. They missed. But I think that's why this is promising. Instead of saying, you know what, Kelvin Joseph, you got to step up in year three, Kelvin. We're going to depend on you. We're going to go all in. We're going to trust that you're going to be the guy. No, hell no. Hedge your bet. Make sure you have somebody to be prepared. Maybe Anthony Brown still comes back, right? Like, we're all ruling him out. Like, we never know. The Cowboys are saying, we like this defense. We like this secondary. But we're adding, we're adding, we're adding. So I agree with you, Tony. Promising is the right word. In fact, the best word of the round Goes to Tony Catalina. Tony, how are you feeling? Even though you went last, you came in and stole the show. You know, it feels good. You know, you saved the best for last there, so I appreciate it. Um, well, now you're getting a little cocky. I'm not, you know, really liking that uh, all too much. Donovan <laughs> Wilson is returning to, to the Cowboys. Tony, anyway, we're moving on. Donovan Wilson is returning to the Cowboys. Cowboys. It is a three-year, $24 million deal. You could kind of look at it as a two-year deal. All the guaranteed money is in the first two years. A lot of us thought this was unlikely because of the fact that J. Ron Curse and Malik Hook are both under contract. The Cowboys said, don't think that we are the most predictable people in the business we'll start with you lp how did you feel seeing donovan wilson's deal get done this was what kick-started by the way the party on tuesday yeah i mean i was surprised i, I was surprised a lot of people see him as a vital piece a indispensable fi figure in dan quinn's defense so to get him back in any capacity i thought was a surprise i thought his market would be a lot more than what he got so getting him back for three years 24 million dollars and it's i think 13 mil guaranteed at the most so for that yeah i I think it was a great deal on their part. Great deal. Um, RJ, uh, hold on a second. But yeah, other than that, man, great deal. Uh, great deal indeed. Danny Phantom, you asked us privately 
if I wanted you to do a word. Would you like to do that? What game would you like to play for Donovan Wilson, Danny? I'll let you pick the game. Threw me off a little bit, Danny. I'm um, uh, sorry for confusing you, uh, LP. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to get clarification good, from our uh, our host there, but uh, that's okay. That no, but see, like I don't want to host or do anything elaborate. That's what I'm saying, Danny. We did one word to describe the Stefan Gilmore trade. What would you like to do for Donovan Wilson? No, no, just continue. What I mean, well, I mean, we could do the one word thing. Uh, let's see, uh, Brandon. What should everybody offer as far as thoughts on Donovan Wilson? You want to do one word again? How do you feel? No, I think let's go around and just get like a little bit of a highlight of a take of what people feel. Um, I'll, I'll add to it that the fact that I, I didn't really have as much doubt that he would be back. And I say that because we were hearing reports with Stephen Jones even talking about at the Senior Bowl that he wanted to keep these guys together. He said it was a priority to keep Wilson, Curse, and Hooker together. He, he saw what that meant to the defense last year. We know Dan Quinn loves Donovan Wilson. And I think that maybe he was offered a little bit more money. We don't know, but I do think having Dan Quinn back again as sort of this pseudo free agent signing, like nobody expected him to return, but the fact that he returned, I think that you get a guy like Donovan Wilson to think twice about saying, man, if I go somewhere else, I don't have Dan Quinn. I don't have this sort of system. I don't have my guys with me. There was a clip that came out where J. Ron Curse was talking about bowling with the safety group. Like these guys are very close uh, with each other. So I think that keeping that core together is something that they prioritize very early on. We were hearing it from multiple reporters. So I didn't really have the, the doubts about it. I do think that he he's coming back on a bargain. I'm very happy with the price. I think it's just a win-win all the way around. Uh, so first of all, Protect the Sun 1 has come in and said that their favorite player is Brad Johnson. That is a bit of a throwback as far as Dallas Cowboys history is concerned. Um, I don't know how we wound up in this place, uh, but nevertheless, here we are. So here is our game for Donovan Wilson. Yes or no? So you, you only have two options. Donovan Wilson was the most important free agent that the Dallas Cowboys had to keep. Now, he is one of two that they retained on Tuesday specifically. It's worth mentioning that the Cowboys had prior to Tuesday placed the franchise tag on Tony Pollard. They have placed the second round tender on Terrence Steele. So that is not officially official, but it would be pretty impossible for Terrence Steele to leave this team at this point in time. So this was kind of all about Donovan Wilson or Leighton Vanderish. Again, the fun part of this question is that they are both back. So uh, we're just kind of, you know, Six, what is it? Uh, half in one hand, a dozen in the other. What's the expression? Uh, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Uh, whatever. We're doing that with these two dudes. Uh, so that being said, yes or no, Donovan Wilson was the most important free agent the Dallas Cowboys had to keep. Answers are in. Uh, LP, Danny, and Chris did not get answers. That's okay. Oh, here we go. Uh, Chris got his answer up on the board. LP's answer is in. Uh, and we are almost, are we going to be 50-50? We have a chance to be 50-50 split. Uh, Brandon says yes. Tony says yeah. Oh, no. We are, no. Uh, sorry. I kind of like this feature, but this feature is throwing me off a little bit. Brandon and Howman said yes. Donovan Wilson was the most important free agent that the Cowboys had to retain with regards to him and Leighton Vanderish. LP, Danny, Chris, Tony all said no. I presume that you are on the Leighton side of this argument. So we'll get to that in a moment. Howman, why was Donovan Wilson priority number one? Well, first, I think not only did Brandon and I both say yes, we both did it in all caps. So I think that counts uh, for more. That's um, true. But I, for me, Donovan Wilson was uh, more important, one, because of uh, just positional value. If it's between Donovan Wilson and Leighton Vanderish, you know, we know that, you know, linebackers, it's easier to find productive linebackers later on in, in the draft. It's a little harder, especially these days, to find really talented safeties like Donovan Wilson later on in the in the draft. That's why he's sort of a... Uh, an exception to the rule, 
but also he just does so much for this defense. He's an enforcer. He plays in so many different ways. He lines up all over the field. He can affect, you know, as a pass rusher, blitzing off the edge. He can come down in the box and be a run stopper. He's played a lot as a deep safety and been really, really good in coverage too. So I just think he affects your defense at every single level. Uh, and, you know, nothing against Leighton Van Der Esch. I've learned my lesson from that. I'm not going to say a bad word about him. But, you know, if you're talking about just, you know, position-wise, at linebacker, you feel really good about Damone Clark. Jabril Cox has some really good uh, promise as well. And, you know, there's there's plenty of uh, other free agents that you could potentially target out there as well, like Bobby Wagner or Nicholas Morrow, who was uh, mentioned earlier on Tuesday as well. But I think when you really just are nitpicking, Donovan Wilson stands out. Uh, for what it's worth, Kevin said that you, Halman, just said yes because you don't want to eat more crow. Uh, we all remember that you left Leighton Vanderesh off of your 53-man roster ahead of this past season. So um, that is going to serve um, to haunt you, uh, really, for um, all of time. Now, um, I wanted to get uh, to one point here. It is uh, Matthew. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Matthew uh, Roffin. I hope I'm, I'm correct here. says the Wilson deal is kind of a double win because it allows Mukwamu to play cornerback as he did in the playoffs we obviously saw Mukwamu play in the slot a lot uh, a lot of people started talking about uh, on Tuesday afternoon after this deal was finalized that maybe the Cowboys would play Izzy more at corner because now they have three safeties Marquise Bell is still on the mix if the Cowboys want to have him be their fourth option we all acknowledge that Israel is very talented for what it's worth uh, Israel Mukwamu did retweet a tweet himself um, kind of pushing that agenda Danny Phantom um, you could argue the Cowboys picked up two corners today and trading for Stefan Gilmore and the ripple effect of the Donovan Wilson deal, sending Israel Mukwamu there. So now the Cowboys cornerback depth is all the more strong and strengthened. You know, Kelvin Joseph, Nation Wright, doesn't matter. The Cowboys now have Stephon Gilmore and Israel Mukwamu. Yeah, I mean, I think the key piece in that, too, is that we don't have to stretch uh, Deron Bland to the outside, which, you know, we know he's okay, but, you know, he he's really good in the slot. It's almost kind of like an Anthony Brown thing, you know. Um, so he, he he's really good in the, in the slot, but, mm, you know, not so much on the outside. But we don't have to deal with that now because we have our outside corner. So you, now you look at a player like uh, Mukwamu, who's basically our reserve slot corner. You know, we, you saw how how well he did in the in the wild card game, and kind of makes you think like, well, what are they going to do with Jordan Lewis and, and his salary? So I don't, I don't honestly don't even think there's a place for for Lewis on the team now with with the with the players that they have. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, overall, just the secondary is just really strong. I don't, I I didn't answer uh, Dono because. I just, you know, I think J. Ron Curse gives us, you know, better. He he's still that line of scrimmage safety, and he can also play better in coverage too. So, I, to me, I just I love having Dono on the team, but I don't think he's as I I would feel worse not having Leighton on it going into you know, with our, the, our linebacker depth than I would with Wilson, and that that's why I answer that way. But I think one of the things that makes me the most happiest about this is the Cowboys. They're again re-upping in their guys. I know we everyone hates that expression, but these are quality players that the Cowboys that have you know helped this team win and bringing them back and keeping them. I mean, no one should ever complain about re-signing a good football player, and that's what these guys are. So I, I like them both. Very happy, very happy for the Cowboys defense. Now it just kind of sets the table for like what it could be if some some things start to just uh, get a little bit better on the other side of the ball. Thinking as you were speaking, Danny, obviously listening, um, but both Jaywan Curse and Malik Hooker are entering the final years of their contracts with the Cowboys. And so the also solid part of Donovan Wilson returning is that next year, the Cowboys aren't SOL at the safety position, right? Like, I don't think any of us envision the Cowboys bringing both 
Curse and Hooker back. Maybe they do bring one back, but it's possible they let both walk. So now the Cowboys won't have this total, you know, sort of revamp makeover on the back end of their secondary in 2024. But again, that's a problem way further in the future. So Chris Holling, Tony Catalina, you both answered no, uh, as far as Donovan Wilson being the most important one. Howman shouted out himself and Brandon for going all caps. Chris, you went no with an exclamation point in all caps, and Tony went no in complete non-caps. So you guys feel this um, at different levels of emotion, I presume. Uh, Chris, why do you feel so strongly, I guess, that Donovan Wilson was not the most important player the Cowboys had to bring back? Well, I think it has to do with the people on the roster around them as well. Like, you know, to your point, like, I feel more comfortable. I feel more comfortable if we had lost um, Wilson than Leighton Van Der Esch just because we do have Hooker and Curse, but also... If we lost Leighton Van Der Esch, you're losing, like, I feel like the brains of the defense, that leadership that keeps everyone together and keeps everyone in line. And I don't really love our linebacker position if we lose Leighton Van Der Esch. I mean, I mean, who's going to play that middle linebacker spot if we lose him? And, and like, honestly, I just think that Leighton Van Der Esch is so crucial. I love having Donovan Wilson back. I think it's awesome that um he did come back, and he came back for a lot cheaper than I thought we would have had to bring him back for. So. So I'm very ecstatic that he's coming back. But I think Leighton and bringing back Leighton, too, on that deal was insane to me. I thought he also got a bargain deal as well. So, yeah, I'm just I think that Leighton's more valuable to this defense and more indisposable than Donovan Wilson. But I'm so happy and thankful to the front office that we were able to bring both back. That's just the best of both worlds. Tony, you seem to be a bit more shy in this opinion, um, you know, that you don't believe Donovan Wilson was that important. Is it just you believe that much in Leighton Vanderish? Do you echo Chris's thoughts completely? I think, you know, for me, it's like like you said, it's a soft no, because I, I see the value in Donovan Wilson and I, I want him back. So I'm, I'm glad that he is back. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I understand. I looked at the roster construction, right? You made a good point about thinking about 2024. Like the safety room could look a lot different. So that gives me a little bit of pause when I say no and having him in the fold for the three years does help. But if you look at the linebacker room, like Chris mentioned, it's it's a little more leaky, a little bit low, more suspect. I feel good about the Marquis Bell, the Izzy Mukwamu and his position flex that he has and the guys that are already in there were Curse and Hooker. So um, I was OK with losing Donovan Wilson because of how the team is constructed, not because of any way or any value he brings to this team. But have him in the fold is is a quality move. You got to applaud the signing. And I'm glad they did it. LP, I think an argument could be made that Donovan Wilson would not be as valuable to the Cowboys defense if Dan Quinn weren't its coordinator. Now, we don't have to live in that reality, uh, but still, maybe that affects your value. Like if you're trying to be a little bit more, you know, wide with your assessment of it. But uh, you answered no. You um, you have now put it back. Is that an apostrophe at the end? I can't tell. Uh, but so you're adding a whole different character uh, <laughs> to uh, the answer. Why is it no uh, with some sort of contractual, um, you know, yeah. uh, I guess like atmosphere to it? It was supposed to be uh, an accent mark, you know, the Spanish. No, um, but uh, I mean, I think you were kind of thinking what I was thinking as well. And it's based on Dan Quinn. I've seen Dan Quinn make a Donovan Wilson because he made one with J. Ron Curse. So in that similar style, similar fashion, I mean, I'm believing in Marquise Bell. I believe also that we saw a pretty good production uh, from Hooker playing down the box when he did. So I think you, you can find another guy to, to play that spot. So if you let him go, you have someone else coming back. But I do think both of them are really good options to have. And I think, like Chris has said, I'm worried about who's that Mike linebacker. If you lose LVE, who's your Mike linebacker? Who can actually play that spot? We're not really sure about Jabril Cox. We really don't know if Damone Clark is really ready to have that spot right now. So I think that made LVE even more indispensable, as Chris had already said. 
Without LVE, you had a big question mark to handle, and I didn't want to be pigeonholed and taking a linebacker very high in the draft either. So, I mean, I'm going to applaud the signing either way, but I think the one guy you could afford to lose, if you had to lose one of them, was Donovan Wilson based on Quinn, the numbers, and again, the valuation of LVE for what we have right now. Brandon, Donovan Wilson is in some uncharted, I'm sorry, Leighton Vanderesh is in some uncharted territory with the Cowboys in that he now has a third contract with the team. Had his rookie deal, obviously, the one-year contract a year ago where he bet on himself now a third time that he has signed on the proverbial dotted line. So Donovan Wilson only you know coming in for a second contract. But I think for some people, Brandon, it does feel um, like a little bit more return on investment. Leighton was a first-round pick who didn't have his fifth-year option picked up that now is on his third deal with the team, whereas Donovan Wilson's cashed in for the first time as a sixth-round pick. Um, do you is that part of your evaluation in this moment? Yeah, a little bit. I think honestly, if you took whatever Tony said, and if we were able to play Mad Libs and just take out, you know, Leighton Vanderish and put Donovan Wilson in, to me, we would be speaking the same language here. And I think that when I look at Donovan Wilson and who they had as a contingency plan, right? Like we were hearing a few names, like a Bobby Wagner, if they lost that on LVE, some would consider possibly an upgrade you know and again I, i'm happy lve is back but i'm just looking long term if that was a reality we were in for donovan wilson if he left we were hearing hearing taylor rap as a name and i know yes he is a solid safety but i wasn't as positive with him coming in and replacing a donovan wilson again i trust dan quinn but i'm not so, so sure about the player i also look a little, little bit further in the draft the safety um, part of of the draft this season um, it doesn't look like it's that great you know it doesn't stretch as long as what you would have maybe if you draft somebody in the third round as a linebacker you can kind of fill that void a little bit and then again you see somebody like a Damone Clark kind of step in I just had more trust that the Cowboys would fill that void in free agency because there were still a lot of good linebackers available and now they started you know chipping away at the deals before Leighton Van Der Esch was signed. And I think that's sort of why this got done pretty quickly. But um, I just had more confidence in, in the backup of if they lost LVE as opposed to Wilson. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, we're going to talk about Leighton in a moment, but Danny, I want to bring this up to you. I just saw this uh, story come out from Todd Archer. He just tweeted it out this moment uh, that we're live. Um, and the tweet reads, Cowboys going all in on defense with Wilson, Vanderesh, and Gilmore. Would you categorize this as all in? I mean, today was a, a defensive heavy day, right? I mean, today the Cowboys added three notable playmakers. I mean, do, do you feel like this is an all in effort? I mean, that term gets thrown out a lot, but, but would you say the Cowboys are all in defensively? I mean, I guess if in the sense of how the Cowboys operate, it is. I mean, it's if you look at it, it's not really because, I mean, they're playing for 2023. It's not like they're they're 
at risk for in the future. I think that it's I, to me, it's very Cowboys ish. It's nothing that's really out of the ordinary. I just think that they they have a good understanding of, of the talent that they have, and they have an understanding of the holes that they have, and they're they're looking for players that are going to help them to this next level. And so, in that regard, sure, you know, they're definitely put, putting some chips in the pot. I mean, you know, are they pot committed? I don't know, but to, I don't know if I'd say all in. But it's definitely for Cowboys. It's it's a move that. You know, like I say, fans are are going to be enamored by, but I, I just think it's just business for them because it's it's nothing that's going to really hurt them if things don't work out. So um, I like it. I think most people like it, but to me, I'm not seeing anything that's like a, a huge gamble on the, on the Cowboys' part. Just to play off your analogy a little bit, I agree with you. I don't think they're all in. Um, I think that they have been content to just kind of let the blinds make their way through them, right? Like, I think they have felt like we've got a big enough chip stack. We can, in fact, I'll just walk away, you know, for a couple hours, just take my blinds when when it comes around here. Like, it does feel like they're they're playing the game at least a little bit now. I mean, you know, maybe it's incremental growth or whatever, or incrementally different, um, but but it does feel a little bit different than the passivity that we've seen at least the last two years. Now, that worked out for them, obviously, as we've discussed many different times, but this does feel, again, like a little bit more like, hey, you know, we don't really use the green chips that often. We're just going to put some of those in here and kind of see what happens. So um, in that sense, I'm, I'm happy about it. Now, Tony, uh, I want to throw this one your way. Casey says, it seems like Quinn sticking around is making Dallas a straight-up destination for defensive talent. Our players are returning with team-friendly deals. Free agents are going to be eager to join RD. Uh, Tony Catalina, in fact, I'll ask all of you um, if you can answer on your um, your questionnaire method, whatever. Uh, yes or no, do you believe that all three of these moves, so all three have to be a, a factor here, Donovan Wilson returning, Leighton Vanderish returning, and the trading for Stefan Gilmore, do you think that all three of these moves happen if somebody else is the defensive coordinator of this team right now, if it's not Dan Quinn? So yes or no, no means you think of it. Somebody else, all three do not happen. Tony Catalina, you say no. Uh, Chris said you said not a chance. Uh, Chris, uh, Brandon, sorry, you said no. Danny, you said no. Waiting on Hellman and LP. Um, oh, uh, that's, I'm interested to get to here. Tony, it's yours first. Um, your thoughts on Dan Quinn, his impact, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, without a doubt that this is a Dan Quinn, you know, scenario here. These are guys that are comfortable in their system going into a third year with him. There's a real comfortability there. Dan Quinn understands what they have for their, you know, their pros and their cons out there. And he understands how to use them in that way. So I definitely don't think that um, we would see this type of impact um, or these kind of signings if Dan Quinn wasn't here. But to answer this question on the other side of it is I don't think this is like destinational. I think that the Cowboys are just bringing guys back that they see value in and it may be a case of um you know we always value our players more than probably the outside world does i don't know exactly what donovan wilson would have got somewhere else but we know exactly how to use him here and dan quinn knows how to use him here same thing with jaron curse jaron curse was a special teams kind of guy in minnesota didn't really have nearly the impact of the role that he does now in dallas so i don't know if it makes us destinational in dallas but dan quinn being here certainly helps because he has his type of guy and he knows how to use them uh, LP, you said no, but with some ellipses. So you're all about like the full keyboard tonight. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> a wide array of skills we got over here, man. Uh, but no, I say no. But one thing I want to see is, is it true about getting external talent? Is Dan Quinn enough to lure external talent to come to Dallas? And I've noticed with players like Micah Parsons, he's been really vocal about adding pieces and trying to recruit players to show up. And I feel like if Dan Quinn is that impactful as a teacher, as a mentor, as a developer of talent. 
then let's see if guys actually take less money to sign here. Because that's really the true measure of, do you really want to be here? Our own guys have, but can you acquire external guys to do the same thing? And that's where I want to see how impactful Dan Quinn has, is as a, say, a promoter, if you will. If he has that kind of skill, then let's talk about that at that point. But I'd like to see if they can get other guys to come out for these similar deals for cheap. So that's really what my question is. No, but we could do better. And maybe Quinn can do better if we went after more guys like this. Not just trades, but free agents. So we'll see. David Hellman, you're the only person who said yes. So you believe that in a Dan Quinless world today, March 14th, Pi Day, uh, Donovan Wilson would be back, Leighton Vander should be back, and Stefan Gilmer would still be traded for. Defend yourself. I, I do think that. And and honestly, LP kind of touched on a little bit where I was going anyway was, you know, like let's let's start seeing some of these other free agents like actually coming here, signing for less money because they want to play for Dan Quinn. I mean, just a year ago, I mean, Randy Gregory left. Von Miller said that he was interested and, you know, it didn't work out. He ended up taking more money to go to Buffalo than the Cowboys were willing to pony up. Um, so it didn't happen last year. And, you know, in the case of these three uh, signings, I mean, two of them were the Cowboys keeping their own guys, which they've, that's always been their practice. And they've done that before Dan Quinn. They're doing it now. They're going to do it long after Dan Quinn is gone. And then the other one was trading for Stefan Gilmore. It's not like he was a free agent. It's not like, he didn't have a no trade clause. He didn't necessarily choose the Cowboys. And, you know, we don't know to the degree that how much the, the Colts were talking with him about, you know, do you want to go to this team? Do you want to go to that team? But it wasn't necessarily a situation where he said, I can go anywhere. I choose this team. He got traded here. So I, I, I'm just not really buying into the idea that necessarily all three of these happened because of Dan Quinn. Although certainly having him there and, you know, having – put up the film to show that, Hey, this is the best way to use Van Der Esch. This is the best way to use Donovan Wilson. That does help, but I don't think that it's the driving factor. Okay. Um, that was interesting. Interesting perspective. I don't think anybody is going to feel like talked off the ledge that they're on. Uh, but I think Howman at least made us all think. So if you could all clear your answers, please. Uh, we have a new question that was inspired actually by the audience. The whole like genesis of the BTB roundtable is that it is developed and driven by whoever's watching it. So shout out to all BTBers who listen to us, who watch us, who participate along, and obviously who participate by way of Super Chat. So Watsamata, thank you for the Super Chat. Uh, says, hi, everybody. After today's action, this early, this whole offseason just smells different to me. The word smells is completely capitalized for the podcast audience. So Watsamata, you have inspired a segment here. Call it a segment, call it a moment, call it whatever you want. Um, all of our panelists are going to have to answer this by way of their special um, answer key. What does this offseason smell like to you you can go with anything you want uh remember it's a family show so no profanity here we learned that lesson last week lp uh but what does it smell like you could go roses you could go chocolate you could go potpourri i don't know how to spell that word personally you could go negative you could go garbage you could go spoiled fish um is i'm gonna buy everybody time until everybody kind of acknowledges that they have an answer in that they're locked in and ready for we will also take comments from the crowd as well um i see you guys thinking so i will continue to stall that is something that I consider myself to be very good at. Uh, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Um, let's see, Ethan says, this smells normal. So if one of you had normal, maybe you want to change it because somebody from the crowd took your answer. Um, Alex says, popcorn, get yours ready. A delightful smell popcorn is. All right, we're going to reveal the answers in three, two, one. What does this off-season smell like to you? Um, wow. Um, all right. Uh, let's start with um, Chris. Pie being baked but needs a cherry um 
it, it says on top looks like yeah they're, they're, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Went a, little, went a little bit long <laughs> uh but so pie being baked but needs a cherry so it smells like a pie in the oven is what you're saying yeah essentially like we're off to a really good start but there's still one more move that needs to be made in dallas for it to really feel like a success and that move is in arizona right now and that move would sure up this wide receiver room because right now our wide receiver room is looking thin we still haven't addressed it and whether you're on the Noah Brown hype train or not, our wide receiver room got thinner today when he went to the Houston Texans. So I think that we're still waiting on that big, big move. Like Stephon Gilmore was awesome, but I think the risk that Danny was talking about, maybe giving up a second round pick for a guy with a big contract who could really make an impact right now, I think that still needs to be DeAndre Hopkins. But it smells good. It smells good. I just got downstairs. You know, it smells good in the oven. I'm excited. But it's not there yet. It still needs a little bit of a touch on it. And that little touch is DeAndre Hopkins. See, to me, um, I don't want to ruin your answer or take your answer, but it smells like when you have the ingredients out. So it almost kind of smells like flour. You know what I mean? Like like the, the baking process uh, of everything. Like maybe the apron's a little bit dirty. You're having to wash your hands every so often because you're touching this, that, the other. Uh, let's see. Joey Stewart says it smells fresh. Um, okay. It's an interesting answer. Watsamata says my answer in the comments above is this smells like swagger. Brian says smells like progress. Uh, Matthew lets me know how to spell potpourri. Did anybody know how to spell potpourri? Am I on an island there? Did you not a chance? Uh, Howman, you nodded. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have never guessed it was two words, by the way. I would have thought it was um, a single word. Uh, Tony, Jess uh, thought your answer was hilarious. You said it smells like five below cologne. Um, so would you like to expand on that answer? Yeah, I mean, usually when we it's this time of the year, the Cowboys are shopping at Dollar Tree, you know, and, and for this in this point in time, they've stepped up their game a little bit. You know, they're going to five below. They're not going to go crazy, but they, you know, they got a little bit more money this time around. They got a little more ambition. So they're going to go spend and splurge on, you know, four or five dollar things instead of one dollar things. And, uh, you know, that that five dollar cologne may smell a little better than the Dollar Tree cologne. So I'm, I'm not upset about it. I'm, this is encouraging. Um, maybe next year, or maybe later on, we can get the macy's maybe we get the tj maxx who knows but right now it's five dollar below um wow tony you're you're one step above taking the sample from the magazine and rubbing it on yourself you know what i mean like that's uh you know i guess that was that was last year that was last off season that's what you know what the cowboys have done before we're moving on up moving um Charles says it smells like teen spirit. That's an awesome answer, uh, by the way. Uh, Kevin, kind of to your point, uh, Chris says it smells like bread in the oven. Smells good. Just don't burn it. Um, Alex, Chris gave you five points uh, for the DeAndre Hopkins point. So uh, let's see here. Danny, you said the smell of success. I don't know what that smells like specifically, uh, but maybe like a briefcase. You know what I mean? Like, like when you buy a briefcase and you open it, you smell like the leather. It's got that weird patch of the like stuff that nobody knows what it is or what purpose it serves. Is that a, a fair description? You know what? That sounds fine, RJ. You, you just pick whatever you want to, to describe <laughs> success. But, you know, to me, I, you know, I know I said this before, but I just feel like it's, it's business as usual. But I just think that the Cowboys, if you look at the things that they were really good at last year, I think having that depth and having, they just, they didn't get themselves in too bad of a hole with, with the exception of cornerback, uh, which they did get some, you know, two other starters went down. But I, I feel like they just they're they're basically just replenishing their their roster. They have they have this extra depth. They're, they're equipped to once again make a run. Now remember we were sitting here last year and there wasn't a lot of things going on that made us excited. Uh, but 
you know, and, and we were down, but the Cowboys, they were competitive. And to me, it just feels like they're at it again. So yeah, bring in your briefcase, do your business, you know, fill the holes and they're going to the, where the real success is going to come is, is, is the draft. But um, to me, I just feel like the Cowboys front office, and I know I get a lot of heat for this. I just think that they're doing a really solid job of, of taking well calculated risk with their, um, with their budget. And I just think this is, it's a great move. So to me, I've, there's no reason to think that this Cowboys team is not going to be, you know, a strong continued team next season. So, okay, uh, LP, you went with Funky. I don't think that was your first answer, LP. Did you change it? Um, and if okay, I guess I misread. Uh, so it's, Funky implies bad. Um, I don't know. Like, are you are you kind of nervous? Do you not? You're you're muted once again, um, LP. You're really struggling for this third tile in a row here. Look, all right. So I started with offensive, like. But then I was like, well, right. well maybe you it's funky. Change it. You lied. Not only I did. did you mute yourself, you lied. Okay. I swapped it up. I mean, but you know what? It smells funky in a way where this team is like kind of tipping their hand a little bit. Like, I think now, based on the moves, like we heard about them talking to their defensive players. Like, we're trying to get Donovan Wilson back. We want to get LVE back. And they were very vocal about getting those guys back. I didn't hear the same overtures for retaining a Noah Brown or retaining these offensive free agents. And I just feel like with these guys, they really want to make a move and they're tipping their hand heavily towards offense, and I'm all for it. I feel like we need to go offensive in the draft, very heavy, like, handed when it comes to offense. So whether it be, like, your first couple picks in the draft, running back, uh, receiver, maybe offensive line. I said on Twitter earlier, O-line might be the pick that people don't want to see them do in the first round, but it makes a lot of sense. It's a sensible move. So I feel like they've tipped their hand to the offense, and I'm okay with that. Like, we need to have a committed, like, process to offense, offense, offense. And it smells funky like they're going that way. If it's D-hop, by all means, make the D-hop move or whatever it is, make that move. But I feel like they're going in the route of offense, and that's what I really want to see, whether it's the draft pick or draft picks offered for offense. It smells funky, man. I think something big might be happening. Uh, I think the the position that everybody wants to avoid in the first round is running back. I know Chris Halling is team Bijan. Um, seems like you're a bit on an island there, Chris. But, hey, that's an argument for a different day. Uh, Brandon, did you say it smells like Wawa? You're an, a yeah. Northeast guy. Um, is that what you're yeah. going for? Bucky's is better. I think we all know and, and acknowledge that. Uh, but so Wawa is your answer. Like this, I've never been to one. So you're saying like just the establishment, like what it smells like, or like the, the gas station, or like what part of it, I guess, is, is your answer? Yeah, so it's more of like the sandwiches and kind of what they're what they're cooking. Um, I love Tony's answer. I'm because sorry. Can you, I use... can you explain what a Wawa is uh, for the people who don't know? Yeah, so it's almost like a um, uh, I don't know. Like there's gas stations and it's almost like a convenience store, but they also do you know sandwiches, uh, really good stuff. I I liken it to exactly what Tony's analogy is, where it's not the Dollar Tree, it's not like a Quick Check, it's not like your uh, fast food like a mcdonald's but it's a little bit up it's a step up from there which is five below i use the same analogy in an article i wrote this week so i loved what tony had to say so if he wins just by all means give it to him i'm, I'm on that uh, i'm on that team um but i do think that with the cowboys when you when you step into a wawa it's quality food for a discounted price it's not the absolute best like the cowboys by all means could be putting a little bit more uh on the table for for trying to get like a deandre hopkins if that if that's where they want to go um they could have swung for the fences and went for jalen ramsey but you're you're sort of in that range where okay we're not going to handicap ourselves for the foreseeable future so this is what we're working with right, right now so uh very reminiscent like i said of, of wawa it's where i'm from so yeah not the best but not the worst um how i went 
with you last because well lp changes answer so i thought you might because you had pie and and chris had pie so i was trying to buy you some time uh but you decided to stick with it so why is pie make pie a better answer than chris i guess is the challenge if you want to win well you know when you got a good answer you can't you can't go away from it so i stuck to my guns and uh you know chris did kind of uh he jumped the gun on with for me with uh with doing pie but i'm going with pie that's already out of the oven because i think it it just has a little bit better of a smell. It's already been baked and you've kind of, you know what you're getting and there's pie there. And you, you know, you look at, you look at it and you say, okay, yeah, like we could make it better. We could, you know, get some ice cream, put some whipped cream on top. You can add some other things to the pie to make it a little bit better. But at the same time, if you don't, it's still pie. It's still pretty darn good. I mean, this Cowboys team coming off consecutive 12 win seasons, they're a good team. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, bringing back some of the playmakers on defense with Van Der Esch and Wilson, you know, like they're keeping that core intact. They're keeping a lot of these players. They're talking about an extension for CD Lamb. They're they're really trying to take what they have, which is already good, and just elevate it a little bit more because that's kind of where they're at as a team. They just need to get a little bit further. And you know, it, I was just thinking it's it's Pie Day. I'm thinking about the pie I had earlier today for Pie Day, and it, the whole thing just made sense because with Stefan Gilmore, you're just getting a little bit extra. Maybe they'll get a little bit more too, but even if they don't, it's still a good combo. Um, Watsamata ties a, a great bow on this in the comment section. Says just make sure it's not the Dollar Tree pie. Spend at least five dollars on that pie. Um, that's uh, the advice from Tony Catalina, as we all know. We have one final topic to get into before we crown a winner. Uh, but before we do, I wanted to read you all a tweet that I just saw from ESPN's Field Yates. Uh, it says the Bills have restructured the contract of wide receiver Stephon Diggs, converting base salary into a bonus and creating another uh, 5.4 million dollars in salary cap space. Uh, I don't think any of us in our realistic minds thought that the Cowboys were going to be trading for Stefan Diggs this offseason, but I think this ensures that it is not going to be happening, Danny Phantom. The Cowboys may very well wind up trading for a receiver, but it probably will not be Stefan Diggs. Yeah, absolutely. With that move, you can see that there would just be more dead money that that um, right. Buffalo would take on. So, yeah, and yeah, I also agree with I never even think thought of that as a possibility, too. So, uh, Brandon. Uh, well, with now Stefan Gilmore on the roster and Trayvon Diggs, if you take the two of them and add them up, you do get Stefan Diggs. So that's true. Point. Uh, and Stefan is spelled, um, no, that's spelled the same. Um, Stefan Diggs is, you know, very unique with the F. Like, that's such a, you know, unique move um, uh, that I respect. But so, close enough, Cowboys are like, hey, you asked for Stefan. We did it. Um, and former Bill, by the way, uh, Stefan Gilmore is. So, um, kind of close um, in that sense. All right. Uh, anybody have anything else before our final topic? Now is the time. You are all tied at 25 points apiece, by the way, as we enter the I, final round. I just wanted okay. to say real quick, since you're talking about former Bill, um, you know, I just tweeted this before, for, before the show, but you know, Jerry Jones made a move to to draft Claiborne back in 2012 because he wanted the best corner in the 2012 draft, and it's taken him this long, <laughs> but he's gotten the best corner in the 2012 draft in Gilmore. So you know, just hey, you know, if at first you don't succeed, you know, um, you know, that move, the, the 2012 moves were hated on too much like the mo claiborne thing didn't work out but he was not a bad player brandon carr was not a bad player like people really over the cowboys overreacted is that really a mo claiborne jersey helmet it sure is and i'm specifically wearing it because stefan gilmore, gilmore was taken four picks later i have one in my closet as well so yeah <laughs> i have a claiborne jersey I too 
I had a Navy one as well. I don't know if he was a Navy Tony. Um, and I met him right. at the Super Bowl when he was there with the Chiefs, and I told him he was the sweetest guy. Oh, that interview is up here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. Somebody wants to go back and watch it, but um, he was a real sweetheart. Brandon, did you raise your hand one more time, or is that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention that when we were talking about like things being a little bit different, I think when you're seeing this sort of all-in push on defense, I think this really does signal for me when it looks forward to the draft that I think it's going to be similar to 2021, but in the reverse, where you have a lot of offensive guys taken and maybe one defensive guy taken. And that might not be the case, depending on where they kind of go with free agency, but it's kind of shaping up that way. When you look at the defense and everybody was kind of tweeting out where it stands right now, I know John Machota did it, and it's like, you look top to bottom, you might not need another free agent to come in. And I know maybe defensive tackle, you bring back Jonathan Hankins, but outside of that, like you're pretty much set on the defense. So you really need to kind of, Make sure you shore up the offense like we've talked about. And I think that you also think maybe it's a last hurrah if they do keep Zeke on the roster, Tyron for one more year. Like this really is, it does feel like a, a kind of final um, moment for the Cowboys and where they're at right now. If they start tweeting out some last dance stuff, like we, we've overdone the last dance memes. We don't need it anymore. It was a great documentary. We can leave it at that. Um, I agree with you. The 2021 draft felt like the Dan Quinn draft. Maybe we get the like, the Mike McCarthy draft for um, lack of a better way to put it. Uh, now I mentioned you were all tied, but Kevin gave Danny five points here. So Danny, you take a five point lead into the final round. So in order for the final round to make full and total sense, we have to put what the Cowboys have done so far on the screen. The podcast audience cannot see it. This is what the Cowboys have done. Now the new league year technically begins tomorrow uh, on Wednesday at 4 PM Eastern time, but these are all things that are basically official for the Cowboys. They have brought back Tony Pollard by way of the franchise tag. They have placed a second round tender on Terrence Steele. It would be pretty impossible for him to leave. Donovan Wilson is back. Leighton Vanderesh is back. They have traded for Stefan Gilmore. We've talked about that a lot. They have lost three players. Connor McGovern heading to the Buffalo Bills, who the Cowboys will visit this season, by the way. Luke Gifford of the Tennessee Titans. Noah Brown, we touched on it, heading to the Houston Texans. So that being said, it is now time. Whoa, I don't know what happened to our screen. Give me a second to fix this. That freaked me out. For, okay, we're good. Uh, so um, I've lost myself. I'm good. Uh, grade how you feel about the offseason so far on a scale of 1 to 10. That distinction is important, how you yourself feel. Now, to be clear, 10 is the best. 1 is the worst. So 1 is I'm pissed, I'm angry, I hate life. 10 is sunshine, roses, smells like teen spirit, I suppose, or pies or success, leather briefcases, whatever. Uh, so this is how you feel, not how you are assessing the Cowboys, how successful you would say it has been for them. Your personal opinion and again we will talk about what people in the comment section have to say as well is everybody ready is everybody locked in with their answers i feel like um i feel like julie chen like on um on or julie chen moonves on big brother like and i get to say like okay lock in your answers i never really gotten to be in this position before all right one two three let's go also numbers brandon says seven chris says eight tony says six um danny says at the end of the day dot 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 ten uh, Howman saw, says eight and LP says eight. So we have three eights, a seven and a six. We will go in ascending order, which means Tony, you are first. Cause you are at a six. You're the most pessimistic chicken little's bat. Yeah. I mean, personally, I had, I'm probably gonna have a different take than some people in this. I wanted to find a way to see if we can make Connor McGovern work. I understand that the money wasn't going to be that situation. So I I'm okay with them not making that move based on that money, but I still think that there's a question mark on the left side, whether it's Tyler Smith or Tyron Smith or whatever they do there. So I am to be honest with you, I was 
pretty sure that they were going to bring Leighton Van Der Esch and Donovan Wilson back. I had a feeling that those are pieces that they were going to make. So what kind of gets me off the median line there at five is the Stefan Gilmore move. That brings a little bit of encouragement to me to that sixth level. Um, you know, if they find a way to add a wide receiver, I mean, if it's a middle move, that's a six or I mean, it ends up being like if it's a middle move like OBJ, then I'm totally fine with that. Or if it's they, they try to be aggressive and get DeAndre Hopkins, like I'm cool with that as well. So that would bring me up to like a seven or an eight. But I, it's early. And and usually we don't get to have this conversation on day two of, you know, free agency and legal tampering. So um, that's encouraging. But it'll be a little higher if I continue to see progress. I got to say, Tony, you're normally um, celebrated in the comments, but most people disagree with you. Um, so Ooh, Brad Johnson. You know. <laughs> I don't think he's he's watching, uh, but uh, wow, a six. So some high standards you have set uh, for the Cowboys. Brandon, you're in next at seven. Uh, not quite as pessimistic as Tony, but clearly some room for improvement. Yeah, I, I, I want to leave a little bit more of a ceiling so that if they do make a big splash, I can go up. But I think where it stands right now, they brought back Tony Pollard. That's something I wanted them to do. So that's a check. Leighton Vander Esch, uh, you didn't have any linebackers outside of him that were proven veterans. So bringing him back immediately fills a need that they needed to kind of solve in free agency. So that's a check. Donovan Wilson is the guy all along. I wanted to be a priority for this team to bring back. And they did that. And when you look at the value of these deals, it's hard to argue that that it wasn't, you know, going all in on the players and where they felt their market was like, this is a very team friendly contract. You look at across the league and where linebacker contracts are being thrown out, like a Tremaine Edmonds and uh, TJ Edwards, like these guys who are getting paid a little bit more than a Leighton Vander Esch. David Long got a very similar deal. I think identical to what late uh, to what Leighton got at two years, 11 million. So it's again, low cost, high reward, and there's still room left to grow. And I think that if you add a defensive tackle, that for me is the, the biggest need where they need to find something, whether that's in a high draft pick, maybe second round, third round. Uh, but I also think bringing back a Jonathan Hankins, you have him and then immediately elevates the play of Leighton Vander Esch. That will take my seven and make it a eight, a nine. And then you need that one final piece to make it a 10. And I think that that's on the offensive side of the ball, uh, wide receiver or a tight end in this draft class. First round, I'm all in on that too. Okay, so we have three of you at eight. So uh, since we can't go in ascending order, there we'll go in alphabetical order with your first names. That means, Chris, you are up first. Uh, you were really down on the Cowboys as the week began. Um, obviously, the Jalen Ramsey trade happened. You were really upset that they were not in on that. So is the Stephon Gilmore thing what breathed new life into you to put you at eight? Yeah, that and the fact that we brought back uh, Wilson and Leighton Vander Esch. The reason it's an eight is actually because I think there's still moves that need to be made. I really agree with Brandon that uh, Jonathan Hankins needs to come back, but also they really need to go all in on a wide receiver. And I think the answer is DeAndre Hopkins. But if you don't, I'm still not opposed to Odell and I'm not opposed to picking a wide receiver in the first round as well. Um, and also, I think no one's really talking about this because he's a fan favorite, but there's no excuse for Ezekiel Elliott still being on the roster right now. And I know that a lot of people don't like to hear that, but that's that's JT that's money that in, doesn't in the super chats, by the way. I mean, like that's money that doesn't need to be spent at that position. I think Ezekiel Elliott at this point. I mean, I think really anything above two, three million a year is is not needed, you know, and I think it opens the hole more for uh, Tony Pollard to get more reps and for him to develop even more and more. And it frees up. Um, a more uh, cap space for us so and also I think it's a disservice to him too because I think it would be better if you had released him a little bit earlier and given him more options and you know like having more time to see what team he 
would be a good fit on. So I don't know. I think that those moves need to be made. And I also think that there's still some more free agents that the Cowboys can bring in to help their team. Mm, okay. That's well said uh, by Chris Holling. So going in alphabetical order, David Hellman, you are next. You never go by David, at least in my uh, book. Uh, but Hellman, um, why are you at an eight? Well, I'm at an eight just because I think, you know, coming from, you know, consecutive 12 win seasons, I think this team is ultimately headed in the right direction already. Um, I think that, you know, with Dan Quinn and the defense, like that is in a very good spot, especially after bringing back Van Der Esch and Wilson, uh, adding Stefan Gilmore. Um, so the defense, I'm not too terribly worried about. There's still, you know, maybe a couple of players here and there you might want to add just for, for some depth. I know the Cowboys are working on Dante Fowler getting him back. Um, and then with the offense, you know, I, I'm really have been a big believer in the added advantage of Mike McCarthy taking over play calling. Um, Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator. I think he's got a lot of really interesting ideas that he can bring to the table as well. Um, obviously, there's still more that I would like to see added on offense. You know, there's some questions about the offensive line, who's playing where, uh, what's the depth look like, and then with pass catchers. But you bring back Tony Pollard. And he was by far your most explosive player, not named C.D. Lamb last year. So that's a good start. And I think there's a little bit more room for some progress. If you if you get like, you know, on defense, if you get a Jonathan Hankins type, doesn't necessarily have to be the man himself. But if you get someone who can do what he does, um, if you're able to get some some upgrades at receiver or at tight end, uh, you know, maybe like a DJ Chark, who I've been really high on in free agency, or maybe even Mike Gesicki in free agency at tight end if, if his market doesn't really materialize. And then what they do in the draft, I think we're in a good spot right now, just on the second day of, of free agency, where you could take this from an eight all the way up to a 14, which of course is the number of the legendary Brad Johnson. Wow. Um, that was really, really well done. Good luck following that LP. Uh, LP, you sat back in your um, in your chair, and somebody asked why you shrunk yourself because you got small, really small on the camera. Um, so that wasn't me, um, LP. But you're back now. You're unmuted. We're good to go. Uh, why are you at an eight? Yeah, man, I'm saying it's a solid eight. Uh, so it's good, and the eight is predicated based on getting Stefan Gilmore, great value, great cost, good compensation. It's an excellent safeguard for whatever happens in the future. So you protect yourself from starting. KJ Wright again, or starting, uh, you know, Nashawn Wright, sorry, KJ, Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright. You protect yourself with that. Still with the flexibility, again, to take a corner in the first round if one falls to you. Um, and again, what does all in on defense look like? I think you're kind of almost like uh, Brand said earlier, you're kind of maxed out. You've handled most of your business. You've done most of the dirty work. And all in signing is not going to be one anywhere on the defensive line on the interior that I don't believe anywhere anyway. So um, I think you know, the, the job's not finished. Like like Kobe said, like number eight said, the job's not finished. You have to get a receiver. So it's an eight. It's a solid eight, but you have to find a receiver. I'm receiver round one. If a guy falls to you, an Addison, take the Addison receiver, but still make a trade for a receiver. Maybe a mid-level guy, maybe a Renfro. Maybe you pick up a Robbie Anderson and just a, a speed guy. But I would just say you have to supplement that with speed. And also to piggyback on what Chris said, I don't want Zeke back in any capacity whatsoever. I want him gone. Not for a million, not for 11. I want him gone. You have to like you have to refresh that room altogether. Take a draft pick. There's so many rich running backs in this class. We're at eight now. We can go back to a six or five by insisting upon Ezekiel Elliott when it's not necessary. Just forget all that. Start over again. Um, we're on a good path, but we can always revert back to old habits. So solid eight, but the job's not done. Keep moving forward. Add a receiver. Get rid of Zeke Elliott. Now let's go. Let's play. 
Wow. I kind of like the threat. Like, I'm not afraid to turn this car around and go back to a six, Cowboys. So make sure you do what I say. Uh, Danny Phantom, you added a bit of a qualifier to yours. You're at a 10, but you said at the end of the day. Explain. No, I mean, to me, it's just the reason I and I love this is because it's the Cowboys operating like the Cowboys do to me. And I think one of the things that I find particularly satisfying about this is I feel like it's kind of the cha- changing to a Quinn's team because, you know, and I didn't get to talk when you were asking about this, but I absolutely think this is happening because of Dan Quinn. And if you look at like even last year with, with curse returning hooker, returning Armstrong, return, players that have developed and turned into the players that we thought they could be. And now we're retaining them and now we're doing it again, you know, and the Cowboys are with Van Der Esch and, and Dono. And so to me, I just, I, I mean, we, and then they could bring in, um, uh, Fowler too. I mean, they're like, you know, the Cowboys were second in DVOA last year. They're, they were had a great defense, and it's like, so what? They're it's almost like they're playing, they're building their team like they're five and you know, five and eleven or five and twelve now. But um, and they're, and they're and they're beefing up their defense, and they're making going to make it so strong to where guess what? They don't have to rely on Dak Prescott to do everything. And this is what we complained about last year is. That, you know, Dak has to do too much. Well, get, you don't have to now because your defense is going to be every bit as good as it was. Can you imagine, you know, if you get that pass rush going and now you have Diggs and Gilmore, you know, on, on the corner. So I just think that the Cowboys are doing the right things and they're doing it the Cowboy way. I mean, it's not anything that's just completely turning things upside down. It's just the, the kind of business they like to do. And that's why I, I score them high because I've always, you know, praised them for, for operating in this manner. So absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I feel really good about how things are going. Um, I said myself coming into this week that I was not going to be grading on a curve or a letter or a number, which is kind of defeats the question that I just asked. It's a pass fail proposition for me, like do just enough. And and you can pass my class, like easiest class you're going to take in college right here sort of thing. Um, and to your point, Danny, like at the end of the day, you did, you did something. You you did something I wanted you to do. So you passed, right? So like if, if passing is, is passing and that that's a 10. So like right now I'm kind of in that same boat as you. Um, Brian, you did offer a super chat. Thank you very much. Asking about the June 1st cut. Um, I don't know what your question is specifically. You mentioned tweeting at Howman and how he answers a lot. Um, if you have any questions, um, like again, what you mean specifically about the June 1st cut, you can let us know on Twitter. Uh, and we'll definitely answer those when this is over. Uh, Zeke is definitely a candidate. Um, to be a June 1st cut. But the short answer is if the Cowboys do designate him a June 1st cut, they can push half of his dead money, 50% of it, into next year's cap situation. So um, that is um, something that gives you an advantage this year. But that money is not accessible to you until June 1st, which is why it's called a June 1st cut. Um, So that being said, it's now award time. Um, Now, I will warn you, um, this is the most unique way we've ever gone about uh, handing out a BTB winner or BTB roundtable winner. Um, which I'm sure is super comforting to you, Tony Catalina. Um, so there are six of you here. Uh, three of you had 32 points tonight, and three of you had 33 points. So I had to decipher which ones of you were better and worse and whatever uh, within your own tiers. So we have two tiers of winners, and within those tiers, I've decided to give one of you a bronze medal, one of you a silver medal, and one of you a gold medal. Uh, so our second place tier, uh, Tony Catalina, you have the bronze medal. So literally last um, of the whole group, uh, but bronze medal for you, sir. Uh, LP, you came in silver on the second tier, so not quite all the way uh, down, uh, you know, down low. Uh, Halman, you took the gold medal on the second tier. Tony, you raised your hand. Did you have a question or a point of concern? No, I was just giving you a thumbs up. <laughs> That's all. Are you sure it was a thumb? Uh, just to be sure. I mean, I, I guess uh, just based on the results, I'm not certain. 
Yeah, Brad Johnson picked these out, so that's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, Howman, did you feel like you won something because you won the gold medal of the second tier? Uh, I mean, I, I kind of feel like the Bills in the 90s just, you know, getting kind of close. Mm. I, I, I can say I really won something, but not what I wanted. LP, um, you came in as the two-time defending champion. Do you feel... Um, do you feel disappointed in your in your game tonight that you are a part of the second tier? Not bronze again. Taking home silver is a nice shade. You know what I mean? Um, how, how what are your thoughts? I mean, I didn't come on the best, man. You know what I'm saying? I actually <laughs> thought Halman was top tier tonight, but hey, we all got surprised tonight. But it's, it's all good. I'll be back. Um, you will be back. That's the great thing about the roundtables. We're here every week, so everybody has a chance to win um, every week moving forward. So that means that Chris, Brandon, and Danny are in the top tier. Tony, who do you think got? the silver medal between the three of them. Mm. Danny. Halman, who do you think took the gold medal between the three of them? I actually think it was Danny. Uh, LP. So, Danny, you have been suggested for silver and for gold. Uh, LP, who do you think won tonight's roundtable? If I was counting, I think it was Danny. Look at that, Danny. <laughs> Danny Phantom uh, actually came in at bronze in the top tier. Uh, so not silver, not gold. Uh, Brandon came in at silver. Chris Holling, you took the gold medal on the top tier. Uh, the pie thing was a little bit shaky, but you landed the plane basically everywhere else. Congratulations to you, Chris Holling. Tonight's roundtable winner, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. I came in with a game plan and I executed it. So I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, Brandon, silver medalist here. The real silver medalist, not, you know, second tier stuff. You know? no yeah, exactly. LP, Hellman, or Tony here. But um, So how are you feeling uh, knowing you came so close but didn't take it home? Uh, I love it. I've uh, Again, I've talked about how I'm a triplet. I'm in the middle child, so I've been in the middle my entire life. So I'm used to it. Totally fine. And 33 with the point count, that's my favorite number. So I am, like, living large right now. It's going to be a good week. So I'm, I'm happy. On the Zeke note, I always wanted Zeke to wear 33. He's never felt like a 21 to me. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm alone on that, but uh, 33 would have been really cool kind of see Tony Dorsett reincarnated. Um, Danny, uh, Kevin said that you took the gold, and that was a really popular opinion. Uh, bronze kind of a shade of gold in some way, shape, or form. How do you feel uh, about third place? I know I feel pretty good. I, I'm very proud of Chris. I really thought, you know, I know that he, he's, you know, he's, he has big dreams and, you know, about what he wants with the Cowboys. But I, I really thought he was very grounded with his answer with Van Der Esch and over Dono. I just thought that was a, a very uh, smart way to go. Uh, you know, of course, um, you know, Brandon hit the ground running with the Robert Quinn thing. I honestly think everybody, did, I mean, uh, Tony's Cologne comment and <laughs> LP, you know, referencing Kobe, you're going to always score points with me. You know, I just think uh, Hellman, you know, I, I like the props to the Claiborne jersey, but he just kind of looks like Moe's sitting there in that office so that always wow. just kind of like, you know it was hard to take them serious but no i i think everybody did a fantastic job uh wow uh yeah i forgot all about tony's cologne comment that didn't sink you tony for what it's worth i mean that was maybe the highlight of your night yeah uh, should have won me it i don't know <laughs> i mean look uh not everybody can win uh alex says the fans um took the gold gilmore was a win for all of cowboys nation trey has offered some specific answers says brandon gold danny silver chris bronze in second tier so thinks all three of you belong in the second tier my goodness gracious uh wow uh you know these are tough Tough times. The uh, the BTB roundtable streets are an unforgiving place. You take one step out of line uh, and people will, um, you know, people will. Oh, Trey also says that Brandon was robbed. So, Brandon, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't because I still ended up in the first tier. So I wouldn't feel too good if I was second tier, third place. I mean, look, at the end of the day, all of you made podium. I made I ensured that. 
You know what I mean? Like you all got something. You're all getting in the car and you have to put something down and you feel proud of yourselves. Uh, that's better than one winner and five losers, right? I mean, yeah, you know? yeah, sure. Um, okay, so I think we should end with this uh, in the spirit of the Cowboys and because of the day that it is. Uh, Troy says, tell us your favorite pie. It is National Pie Day. Um, we've done this conversation a lot, so we can be kind of straight matter of fact to it. Uh, Brandon, your favorite pie. You uh, said app apple, right? Yeah, apple pie. Okay. Do you do the handheld ones from McDonald's? Uh, no, no, that's gross. Okay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Chris Holling, your favorite pie that is not quite done yet. I'd probably say apple pie with some ice cream, some whipped cream, some cherry. You know, you got to get the whole thing. Okay. Tony Catalina. Straight up, uh, just cherry pie. Okay. I mean, where are you getting this? Because you're the person who's apparently pretty picky about where you shop. Um, yeah, probably not Dollar Tree. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Man, this was a rough night for Dollar Tree, uh, in the words of Montreux. Tony Catalina. It's a fine <laughs> place, Tony. You can get a lot of things you need at Dollar Tree. I mean, geez, you know, wow. Moving on up, five below, baby. Uh, Danny Phantom, your favorite kind of pie? I like uh, lemon meringue, but you got to get the meringue right. How do you feel about key lime? Uh, I don't hate it. Okay, all right. So same, same family tree in my mind. Uh, David Howman, your favorite kind of pie? My favorite kind of pie is pumpkin, which I know everybody has varying opinions about. But I'll say today, there's a, there's a. Uh, a homemade pie shop right down the street from where I live. And I went there for pie day and they had a special brisket pie that they were making. So that was pretty special. That's, that's definitely uh, making the podium for my pies. Okay. And LP Cruz, your favorite kind of pie. Look, I hit to it, but uh shepherd's shepherd's pie. You know what? I was thinking, I, I was kind of expecting somebody to say like a chicken pot pie or something like that. You, you went opposite direction. So I at least respect that. Yeah. Um, pizza pie is the answer that we were looking for. Um, and all of you failed. Uh, so um, I stole that from Brandon Gotten, who said it on the NFC's mixtape this week. Uh, Tony Catalina, you are last. Uh, so I don't make the rules. These are just what they are. Uh, so I would like you, Tony, to spell pie in Spanish. I have no idea, but I can give you Bad Johnson's 08 uh, stats if you want that. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, let's do it. Uh, sing, give us that in a little bit of a beat, you know, or sing a little bit of a okay. song with Brad Johnson's stats for the Cowboys. Rough, rough. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know if I got that for you, but he had two TDs and five interceptions, and uh, he only threw like 89 passes in his whole career. So, uh, shout out to Brad Johnson, man. He's taking a beat in like Dollar Tree today. Wow. Um, so, and somebody on a positive note, Danny, give us a positive line. One line, send us off. Um, you know what? Uh, it's not over yet, so just brace yourself for uh, some more uh, very uninspiring moves by the Dallas Cowboys. Great positivity, everybody. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>